What's up everybody, Michael Ninja's back at it again. You know how I like to do it. Press record and speak what's on my mind. How y'all doing today, people? I hope you're blessed. I hope you're being a blessing to someone in need. We didn't do interviews. We had a couple little interviews and we turned down a lot of radio interviews and that kind of thing. Because we wanted to kind of just fly under the radar and do our things. We do our workshops. People come to our workshops. We didn't heavily advertise them. The reason why we're coming out and speaking now is because the Guardian Alliance has asked us to. They are on now what is called official disclosure protocol because of things that are occurring. 2012 is very important and so are the periods right after it. They're this, to to uh, coin a phrase from Anderson Cooper's show, uh, Planet in Peril. Uh, yes, <laughs> to put it mildly. So if I can explain some of the things that are taking place now in a certain... It's a sequence, and you're free to interrupt at any point. Okay. Right? But it will help get a little bit to the more full understanding of what are the visitors up to, what is their agenda, and where are we at with that situation. It'll also include the information you said, you know, what about Stargates and what are the status of those. It, w- it will show where that is. Right. And it's like the quickest sequence you can do, right? This has been, you know, 10 years worth of work. Now we can look back and see what this is all about and see where it's going. So if you don't mind, I will, you know, put a couple charts up. The first thing no I would problem. like to do, if we're going to talk about what is happening on the planet now it does involve ascension and ascension does involve stargates but what is ascension anyway there's a quick way to explain this and it has to do with graphs and i use graphs because seriously pictures paint a thousand words if it hadn't been and all of these graphs are literally transmitted from the guardian alliance and i, I take them down by hand and because i don't have computer art skills so they've all been done in like you know black and white form and then thanks to a team of volunteers they put a lot of work into putting them into computer you know finishing so they're decent most of them are you can tell the ones that are still the ones i did on a photocopier yeah with a photocopier but this one this particular diagram and also i I will qualify these by saying you're going to see diagrams that are one out of there might have been 50 diagrams in that series explaining every piece of how that worked, what it is, the structure of it, and all of this. I'm just going to show certain diagrams that will show structure, because structure is important. Science here is getting into um, quantum physics and all of those things, and oh, maybe there's dark matter and all these wonderful maybes. Uh, there is a whole order of these things. Yes, there's dark matter. Yes, quantum physics are real, but they have no idea the structures that are involved. This is not a haphazard cosmos or universe. Some of these things, if you're going to understand what ascension is, you need to understand what context is happening in, and that's why the Guardians gave us the context in the first place. In the early days, they taught us about 15-dimensional physics, and that's not meaning there's only 15 dimensions. Dimensions run in sets of 15, and there are many, many, many different sets of 15 dimensional matrices that have a particular order that form galaxies, universes, cosmoses, plural. It is a multi-cosmos, not just a multiverse. Now, when you think of ascension and stargates that you ascend through, it implies there is an order of stargates within these greater structures. So I will show you this diagram Let me ask you where the diagrams came from. In other words, do they, are you getting, you say you're getting this sort of a data stream Mm -hmm. electronically, Mm -hmm. and when you say that, it's, I am assuming that you're uh, visualizing, maybe you're getting a visualization. I just see them. Okay. Yeah. And then are you, how do you transfer them onto the paper? How do you, you know, 
you draw them. Really. Okay. I'm known as the whiteout queen. <laughs> because a lot of times they'll come down. Like one diagram like this, that's all like, you know, looks like a single thing. There'll Very be like six different images on it. Wow. And like 20 different layers. Okay. And I call it a pullback process where the whole big thing comes down in one data stream that it might take me like six hours just focus completely on one getting it all down. And that's even without the words and labels and arrows and stuff. That's just okay. getting the shapes and structure. Then we'll pull them out. Right, where I'll make photocopies and white out that part, and then you got that one, white out this part, then you have that one, and you might have a, like a series of ten of them out of the one that came in. So it's almost like a, what do they call those files um, where they condense everything? Zip file, yeah. yeah. So it comes in like a zip okay. file, okay. and when it opens, it, it, uh, there's a lot of heat involved actually. You can feel the, the DNA activation, it comes through, the shockers activate, and there's like this heat field around me when it's coming through, or sometimes, depending on the line, because there, there's different lines, different ones, uh, different levels of the guardian lines communicate, you know, from different places. And some of the lines come in cold, like you know, shiver, some of them come in hot. Okay. So some of them carry the images, and that's where the images are coming from. And at this point, there are thousands of them. There are thousands of intricate diagrams that, Fabulous. you know, come okay. this yeah, way. That's, that's great. This one, for instance, this is part of a huge series. You know? And this is a, a very simple one, as you'll see in some later ones that rose. If we can think of this, I, I wanted to use this as a very simple way to explain what ascension is. Ascension is about evolution. It's actually about re-evolution. The guardians refer to it as re-evolutionary determinism. Yes, there is a predetermined framework of creation within which creation you know, occurs, but you have free will within that framework. And you start out as part of the whole. They refer to it as the God Source Consciousness Field. And from that place, you can enter into material experience that is all taking place within that God Source Consciousness Field. There is no place outside of God. All of this takes place within the body of the consciousness of God's source. They consider the structures in which and through which matter materializes and forms and, and identities individuate. They consider that part of the manifest body of God's source. And they're talking about the cosmoses being the manifest body. And there is a field of just pure cognition that is beyond that. It is eternal. It is always aware. Time as we know it in linear form is just not a reality there, but it's understood as an experiential quality within the framework of materialization. So in that context of understanding a little bit about how we look at God and the concept of God, yes, there is one. It's not some big father dude on a, you know, with a big white beard that's going to send you to hell if you're bad, <laughs> right? There is structure involved in this. Now we've got, we went through what is called particai creation, which takes it from the first unit of consciousness in the consciousness field of God that did something and went under certain changes. From those changes, that shape grew and literally created the spherical wheels within wheels or spheres within spheres that is the hidden structure behind all cosmic order and even galactic order, planetary order, and your own body's order and atom's order. So this, if you think of it as just an example of a cosmos, all right, you have a center point, right? And you have a sphere. Where you see circles, they're actually spheres of energy. All right, you have a, you have one sphere, two sphere, and a third one in the center. It's smaller ones, and then I see these little ones in the center. What this is showing us is consciousness comes out from the center point into this domain or this sphere. It's called the the um, the Haravadi. 
And first, it individuates into the two larger spheres, and they individuate into sets. And this all happens at the same time, right? It expands outward. These are called, when it expands outward, it's called ikashi, expansion cycles, where consciousness is coming out from the God source consciousness field into the smaller form or structure of materialization and expands out through these cycles simultaneously, one on each side. This particular line is referred to as a vector time vector, time-space vector. One end of it is referred to as an event horizon. So one time vector has two event horizons, right? Now, here you have a core, here you have an inner, here you have a middle, and here you have an outer domain on each side. Reality fields take place within all of those. So it's not just that there are numerous reality fields. You have ones in the outer bands, you have ones in the middle, inner, and core bands. The process of coming into existence is expanding out through experiential cycles within the Akashi expansion cycle till you get to this point. When you get to this point, now you'll see in, in this next graph, these are actually time cycles with names. They're called Iyugas. And when you get to this, which is called the Kali Yuga, mm -hmm. there are several options. And one of the options, which is the natural evolutionary process, which is ascension, that is the natural process by which eternal life beings, and most everybody started as eternal life beings, are, would naturally undergo after you expand out get through the incarnational cycles here and you would go through what is called a Christ star turnaround all right where you enter these little cycles behind they're called the Adashi return cycles where they're the going back into source cycles this is the process when you expand out at this point if you were able to make this Christ star turnaround your atoms will actually transfigure into eternal life light atoms. And at that point, whatever form you hold there becomes an eternal form that you can materialize and dematerialize at will. You, you become what's called an Adashi adept. And some people call them ascended masters, but that term is terribly abused on this planet, so the guardians do not like to use it. Um, the, the Adashi adepts are the ones who have made it through that change, and they are now what are called Mashayahana individuals, which means they have they are eternal life and they can manifest, demanifest at will. When they go back through the cycles, go back in the center, and they can actually rebirth as collectives, like as sons and those kind of things. It's an amazing process where a being that, say, is a small, like a human being, can actually evolve, re-evolve, to go back into the state of even being like a sun or a star. And it is an eternal process. There is no death involved in that process. That is the natural process for life forms. So when we're talking about ascension, it is about doing the natural re-evolutionary process. But that is not happening on this planet. When we get to this point of the Kali Yuga expansion, there are other things that can ha happen too. There are certain qualities about the science of ascension that are very, very much about physics. Right, and there are consequences in physics if things are not working well on a planet. It affects the body of the people who live on it and the animals who live on it and the plants who live on it. And if certain things are not working well in the body, the DNA does not function properly, the body will not produce the chemicals in a particular one called celestiline that is required in order to allow the atoms to merge with their antiparticles without annihilating. That allows particle and antiparticles to come together. They shift angular rotation of particle spin and you can literally turn into a radiation wave and that that's what it means actually to go into full Merkaba and be able to go through gates that is the process by which you go through stargates so if we talk about ascension it is the natural process of being able to expand out we were out in the Kali Yuga cycles finally we're out here now we have choices we can 
ascend or if we get stuck here there's another path that we can take it's called the Kali um, Kali Rama path it is the path of step back you can go back here to the stage before and then have to rebirth out again into the cycles in the outer domain and do it's almost like a restart do it over again so hopefully you you know fulfill all your ascension codes is what it's about so by activating your atom to the point where they can fully transfigure and if you can do it in a cycle again then you can ascend again there's another path that can occur here there are basically three paths the other one's called the path of Kalidima that is the path of fall that is where you get stuck here you can't step back and you can't go forward because of the choices you are making in your life that are affecting directly what your DNA can do and what consciousness you're aligning yourself with affects the frequency that your body is able to carry and if you get stuck here, you will reincarnate in this cycle until the quantum you came in with burns out. And then you will do what is called a space dust return, where ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you will come to a point where you don't have enough energy to reincarnate into another body, into another time cycle. And you will eventually simply just go back. And eventually everybody goes back. But if you go back in ascension, you go back whole. If you go back and step back, you can come back out and go back whole. But if you do the fall path, you do go back eventually as space dust, where your body dies and your consciousness can no longer hold together, and it fragments and just becomes part of the local environment. But the local environment at times goes through natural cycles that have to do with stargate cycles and ascension cycles, where all these little uh, time tracks pull in together and then come back out again. At that point, anything that gets stuck out here gets drawn back into the center. So this is why God's source doesn't look at it as losing anyone in the fall path. It's the experience of you losing your connection with the universe that it's really about. So in, to, to get to understanding stargates and everything, I wanted to explain on this simple diagram about the cycles that we are in. Because right now we are in that Kali Yuga cycle. And those three choices are facing us very much now. And more than they might usually, because this planet is in the middle of a drama that people here have forgotten that they knew during the Atlantean periods, they knew 10,000 years ago what was happening here. And we have forgotten that knowledge. So anyway, let's go to the next diagram. If I spend this long on every one, we're going to be here for six years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that that's actually very helpful, and I think that that was very clear. So. <coughs> Sorry about the call. Thank you. That's okay. No problem. This next one is just a little bit um, yeah, it's similar to that one. It's showing the structure of that one a little more clearly. The reason I'm showing you this is just for down the bottom here, I'm not going to read them all or anything, but the detail level that we're giving. Each of these different states, I talk, we've talked about the, the core and the, uh, the inner, the middle, and the outer domains of reality, within which reality takes place, right? They each have a different state of matter, a different type of matter, a different density level of matter, and different states of consciousness that go with them. So I just wanted to point that out. So when we see this diagram, we're seeing the three, uh, the Kalihara, it's called the Kalihara system, and we have the Hara bodies, and the you know, the, the time, space-time structures within the higher body. So these are large energy structures that you don't see. And you don't even see these. You don't see, you know, you're not walking around in your field counting your little balls, right? But they're there. This structure, the cosmos is created with this structure, but it's much more complex. But when you see it, it implies um, structure, but also time and evolution. And that is a good way to show the ascension process, where you expand out, you go through experiences in the time, levels of the time matrix, and then come back in through the Adashi return cycles. So the word Adashi, for instance, is something you know that is uh, special to us because we are following the path of Adashi, the path of Christ our return. When I use the word Christ our, by the way, or any of the words like Christ, 
or anything like that, we spell it with a K. It's either K-R-I-S-T, sometimes we use shorthand, or K-R-Y-S-T. There's a reason for that. It's not because we're basing everything on the Bible or anything like that, nothing against the Bible. But it's spelled with a K because that's how it originally was. And what it refers to are, it's actually, there's seven um, syllables to it. We often will just shorten it to five. It's uh, the first seven audible sound tones of creation. And they are ka-ra-ya-sa-ta-ha-la. Uh, and we also often just shorten it to, you know, ka ra christ right? So that's where we use the word christ. It has to do with the sound tones, the vibrations, the first audible sound tones when we get into first particle creation. Before all these structures occur in the cosmos, there are certain things that happen on a very, very, very nanomicro level that uh, the first what would be audible sounds or audible vibrations. And that is why we use that word Christ. So that's where it's coming from. It's not saying, yeah, we're Christian, that's a, you know, which means we're not this and we're not that and we're not the other thing. It's something that belongs to everyone you know, in every language. So anyway, that's just another version of showing the same structure. This is part of a much larger structure. It has to do with stargates. So we'll go, because what the, what the drama that's happening on the planet now with the visitors and all of that has to do with stargates. It has to do with ascension. It has to do with stargates, too, and who's fighting over them. <laughs> so the next diagram, this is called the Illumeridana spirit body. And the reason I'm going to show you the spirit body structure, this is a diagram that has many purposes, but if you remember that last diagram, this one is a bit more detailed. It is still showing structure. This is a simplified, and each one of these pieces and flows and all of the different elements of this have been analyzed. There's like 100 graphs of this sequence. What it comes with is the structure that is referred to as the Illumeridana spirit body, which is different than your light body structure, different than your atomic bodies. Yeah, it's part of that structure. The cosmos has this too. When you see these little petal things, these are actually flows of energy. Okay, now think cosmic. Right inside of this, you have those that the uh, the higher ball structures with the time cycles moving in and out of this. But if you notice here, there are twelve points on this. There are twelve petals. Each one of those would have a line running down it that comes out the other side. Right. Each would be a vector line. So you're not just dealing with one vector where you have two event horizons. You're dealing with sets of um, sets of six vectors that form 12 event horizons. And there's more than that, too, but that's the ones you can see in this diagram. The spirit body structure is built on, uh, on, on this particular structure. And these flows here, you have some of the outer flows that are called the lotus flows those later ones in the pink. And then these little things that you can see part of, they actually go all the way down to the core, but then there's another layer of them here and another here. These are called uh, the core flows, or the Navejo flows. The Navejo word has to do with a particular uh, part of the creation cycle that is the first, where, where the particai units, which are the first units of consciousness that materialize, are actually born. It's a word that has to do with the Navejo cycles. So these are called the Navejo uh, core flows. This has to do with stargates. All right, the next one will show you these stargates. Now, if you take the circle away and the, the ball structures away, and just look at the flows here. Again, we have those outer petals, the lo we call them the lotus petals. We call this the living lotus. Okay. All right, and these are the natural core flows of an eternal life creation, which means energy flows out, but it also turns around and comes back. It just doesn't flow out and expand until it destroys itself and burns itself out. That's what science is watching happening to this universe because it's not functioning normally in our local galaxy. Anyway, stargates. This 
These structures, these flows, now this applies to a cosmos, it applies to a galaxy, it applies to a planet. The planet has a structure like this, and it applies to our bodies as individuals. It applies to atoms, actually. They have the little own structure of this. Each one of these core, core structures, core flows, represents a stargate that has particular structure. When you look at it on a, on a planetary level, it, they, they are literally points on the planet that interface with these energy flow systems that connect in the core. And under certain conditions, they activate and they literally allow space, time, and matter to turn into radiation and pop up somewhere else. They are passageways. So you're talking about 12 major stargates? There are 12. They go in sets of 12. On this planet, there are a whole lot more because the main 12, which are called the Halls of Amente Stargates, they actually fell in 2003. They, they fell under the control of the service to self um, groups, let's put it, that we call them the FAS, the Fallen Angelics, right? That's okay. what we refer to them as. Um, and they, there are about five different, what are called interface gate systems, that were put here by the Guardians a long time ago, because this isn't the first time that there's been gate wars on this planet. In fact, two seedings of the human race were wiped out by the same type of, they call them Templar Wars, because they're fighting over the Templar. The Stargate system on a planet or in the universe is referred to as the Templar, and that word refers to template pillars. That's what the Templar word means. That's, I mean, the whole Knights Templar and all of that stuff. I mean, these, these things were, were from the old, old records from Atlantis. They had pieces of them. So anyway, when we're talking about Stargates or Ascension, in Ascension, the process of doing that turn around and be able to go back into the eternal life cycles has to do with getting your body able to where you can pass through the natural structures of Stargates. Now, that's great if you get your body in shape, but if you're on a planet that's Templar is messed up, you're going to have a problem. You'll get stuck on the planet, and your body will reflect whatever distortion is in the planet. That's why people right now die on this planet and don't ascend instead. Death is not a natural condition. It occurs on planets that have a distortion in their stargate structure where the natural flows are not occurring, which creates distortions in the biological forms on that planet. So we have been locked into this planet. This has been a prison planet for at least 13,000 years. And actually, we went further back than that, but there were little bits of times where the gates were working properly. This is the first time why everything's coming to a head right now is because it was known in 22,326 BC, which was the last Stargate opening cycle, and that one failed, that this would be the next one. They knew this time period would be the next one because there's a specific time frame in which the gates open and they stay open for a period of time and then they close again. That's why it's all coming to a head again. Okay, so, but when you say the gates are going to open, you're talking about the 12 that have been taken over, so to speak. Those, I'm assuming, are not going to open. Oh, yeah, they're opening them. They're going to be yeah, open. we're opening the others. The Guardians are opening the, the others. Okay, even though they were taken over, they're able to go in and, and open them. Oh, yeah, they open them into the, the black hole wormhole systems. Oh, into an... Okay. Yeah. Well, you can still use place. them, except, you know, it takes you into fall systems. Right. Yeah. So, and that so there has to be alternate stargates that are going to be used. Mm -hmm. And that, that is what we have been helping the Guardians actually bring. You have to, they need to be activated. They're very old dormant systems, but they're rescue systems. Okay. And at this point, the reason why the Guardians are even speaking publicly, publicly about this information in interviews is because in, uh, I think it was uh, March 25th of 2007, something occurred in the solar system that just shut the program down. We are on the 200-year EVAC program, period. And that's it. The gates are closing. 
permanently. The gates are closing in this galaxy permanently in 200 years. When you say something happened in the galaxy, can you explain a little more? I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some other diagrams for that one, yeah. This is looking at one of those core flows, you know, just its structure, and there's like a, there's a, a pillar, a chamber inside of this. There's Merkaba fields that activate, which we'll deal with later if, if you want to see some of those pictures. But this is one of the Navejo core flow gates. Now, the other ones that aren't shown on here that look like the lotus petals, they're usually the flows that when a stellar activation cycle happens, they're usually the only ones that open because they will take you to the next density level up or even two densities up. They'll give you vertical ascension, but not diagonal or going back in and back out again. They're, they're very limited, actually, in their capacity, but you can still ascend through them. When the planet, and the only time they open these is if they are seeding a new race on the planet or if they are evacuating a race on the planet. And these core gates are opening on the planet because this is an evacuation. We have a 200-year warning because something happened with the sun that is... <laughs> it's not going to be, you, one is not going to be able to live on this planet by about 2976. And it's going to be before that, actually, but that's when it explodes from what they said. We're in a timeline and we're stuck in a timeline. Boy, just mentioned it, that if we didn't make certain changes in, with, with the stellar activation cycle and reach a certain level, we were going to get dragged into a probability alignment in which the planet literally exploded because of the mechanics that were occurring with the, the, um, the, Zetas and different, you know, intruder races, and that is a probability line we got stuck in, and that's why we're on, um, we are on an evac order, and that's why we're speaking about it publicly. There are things we can do. It's not like, oh, you know, the world is ending. No, in fact, this is really good because what could have happened in 2012 isn't going to, but there's certain ones that really want want these things to happen, and I will talk about those a little bit in a little while. But this is the core gate structure. And it's, you know, it's very detailed. I just really put these up not to read every little thing to you, to let you know and to let the public know that they are there and the sophistication of this material. This is why I talk about me. I'm not important. What's important is look at this material. It blows my mind. You know, I, I look in the, in the breadth of it. I mean, it covers everything from stargates to biology to, um, you know, cosmic structure to uh, pre-particle physics. I mean, it's an amazing body of material. Uh, if this wasn't serious, they wouldn't be giving us this information. So, anyway, that's corrugate structure, and they are activating the corrugates. If you want to see how a corrugate would sit on a planet to get an idea, this gives, a, gives you an idea. That's just like a landscape painting behind it. It's actually a mural that I did on my wall in the house of Arizona we lived in. But it shows, right, here's the sky, and here's, like, you know, the land, and here's, like, the subterranean levels below the land, and going down to the core. It shows how these gate flows work when they're open. And there would be 12 of these on the planet. And when you would pass into, you wouldn't see this thing standing in the air. There would be a certain field. And only if your DNA was keyed to it would you even know it was there. If your DNA was not activated to be in a co-resonant energy form with that structure, you'd walk right through it, past it, not even know it was there, and you'd still be in the same place. But if you have certain things activated in the body, in the DNA, in the DNA template, in the light body, in the spirit body structure, etc., in your anatomy, you would be able to see it, Mm -hmm. and you would know where to stand in it, and you would know what to do and how to breathe, and you could use it and go in ascension. Okay, so, so the 12 stargates that we're talking about, which have been uh, interfered with, let's say, uh, they're located at certain places on the planet, yep. physical places. Yep. Yep. The outer ones are the ones that fell. 
the core ones. The core fall. ones won't fall. Okay, so and those are water. those are the ones that are you say ancient, that yeah. are being reactivated as yeah. you call it. Okay, and those are also located at certain yes places and in different places. Different places. Yep. The outer one surface at one yeah, in one set of twelve places. So there will be a lot of um, misdirects. I'm I'm thinking. And there are a lot of misdirects going on on the planet right now to where certain people are directing people to focus on certain areas of the planet which contain these stargates, thinking that they are, you know, ascension stargates, when in fact they are taking them to another place. Yes. It's not so good. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. What they are, they are being guided to fall stargates. So they're not, they don't call, they're not called stargates, they're called wormholes. And we're mostly okay. to black hole systems that are finite life systems. And right now they are feeding on our living system and killing it, basically. And that is why the intervention is happening. That is why the Navajo core gates are being opened. Because we didn't stand a chance in this one. We were, there was planned by, let's just say, the negative ETs and visitors, that the, there were five other occasions that extinctions were launched on this planet. They were before the humans were on it. Um, this was going to be the sixth extinction, and it was scheduled for 2012. And uh, because of what the Guardians are doing, that is not going to happen. We're not fighting with anyone. We're standing. We're standing in the frequency of, of the Christ, and we, we were being taught um, Master's Templar mechanics to be able to assist them or the ground crew, just like on the other side, you have what we call the Metatronic crew that are working the, uh, the Atlantean Death Star, Merkaba stuff that is what runs the wormholes. There's a whole bunch of people running around thinking they're doing, asc doing ascension yes. that aren't. And that is what is heartbreaking. Yes. When I, when, I, when I started to go public with the Guardian teachings, like, oh, great, you know, it's going to be great, the New Age movement, and everybody, yeah, we're going to love each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> I ended up like the black sheep in the New Age movement. Why? Because we exposed the teachings of Toth. Not many of the people here. We exposed the records. Toth broke the Emerald Covenant way back in the Atlantean period, he stole one of the CDD plates, took the knowledge from it, and created the Emerald Tablets of Toth, which had a bunch of mechanics that were the Death Star mechanics. He helped in the takeover, and he still is. Because that being is still in existence. He pops back and forth. Yeah. He can travel through time in his little uh, Death Star Merkaba. But it wasn't just Toth, there's a whole bunch of them. So when it was pretty heartbreaking as the, this information, because I was thinking, oh, great, we're all going to love each other. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it was ascension time. Yeah, right. Uh, it didn't work that way because nobody wanted to hear it. And it's too bad. At least there were some people who wanted to hear it because they came to workshops. And the thing is, we asked the people that were teaching the other stuff nicely. So why don't we just have a public discussion about it? You know, seriously, we'll each put up half of a room cost and, you know, invite free to the public. And just let's discuss the, the topics, the issues. They wouldn't, but what they started to do was blackball me behind my back at the workshops, tell people to be afraid of me, tell them, oh, you'll die if you do, use your Merkaba that way. We have more Merkaba mechanics than they could dream about. I mean, they, they couldn't touch the stuff with a 10-foot pole. That's why they wouldn't even take on the challenge of, come, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the history. That you know that you can say, well, it's this or that. But these mechanics are indisputable because they don't have the things that link them together. The guardians showed us all of these different things: sacred geometry, how it fit, not just oh, here it's a this. What is a that? 
what does it mean? How does it connect with the cosmos? They show the cosmic structure in order to show how it's supposed to work, and then they show where the distortions they're teaching fit and what they do to pervert it. So it's been very intense in, since we came out with the work, and it hasn't changed. But there's a group of us that just resonate with this and go, wow. Yeah, just, well, okay, no problem. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, uh, well, that's one of the reasons I'm here. And, you know, I'm aware of the distortions out there. I'm aware of the t attacks and so on and so forth. And, again, I have to say that people need to really go into their hearts. They need to use their heart and their intelligence to discern what resonates. And we're presenting this as what resonates, I'm going to say personally with me, but also with what I think people need to be aware of, and then they make their own decision. We've got plenty of the other side of information out there, and I think it's time that we hear from this side. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I, I really want to thank you for, for, for making this opportunity possible. I do want to say that um, there are a lot of people out there that are following um, the wrong path. And uh, if there's a way that you can also talk about the distinctions so that they can be aware like if you get this you might be quest might want to question more the path you're on in other words certain things will come uh to the fore during meditation mm -hmm. certain things will come to the fore even in their everyday life where they're getting a lot of interference on certain levels and so on and so forth that can indicate that they are being tapped into by uh, service to self ETs and and I if you have that and you want to sort of share that we don't have to do it now because that would be maybe off the topic a little bit here but later on I think we'll probably come in that if we can move a bit with with the sequence the reason why the guardians gave this sequence was because it's an easy way to touch a whole bunch of the bases give a rounded picture that go right into you know answering the questions that you wanted that you know answer okay so if you want to go off the sequence, it's okay, but I no, think... No, let's, let's go with this. And um, also, just one, one other thing that you're saying, we got this information and you're talking about yourself. Are you talking about other members of your group also getting this information? Some of us do. Okay. Yeah, we all have a kind of special relationship, our own special relationship. I have the, tran the translator's contract which means I, I'm the secretary, right? I take down the writing. But even like the other speakers have a rapport also with okay. the guardians. And a number of people in the groups have developed a rapport with them as well. In fact, we work with them to help them to do that. That's what the guardians would like, is to you know, start communicating where they can start teaching people directly because we're like a little bottleneck on the information. You know, it's only given through the workshops and that kind of thing. So we, I, I talk about it as we, not that I'm a plural, but that, that, that there's a bunch of people that are interacting with the guardians directly. I'll just go really quick on these and there's another point I want to get to. That we can pop through these, but I want to bring something up that's very important. As far as telling the difference between some of the teachings, too, this in general is just showing basic stargate structure, like how they work when you have the core gates we saw before. These are what happen when you have those other flows that happen, the lotus petal flows. When you have a stargate area, you have two vortices of energy, one electrical, one magnetic, and when they activate in the center, they come together, and one goes down, one goes up, and they form what's called a Vivekan Merkaba field. All right, and that Merkaba field is, uh, well, what does it mean? Uh, moving light body, Merkaba, right? The um, Merkaba field is the field that 
actually, if it's around you, if it's a natural one that occurs around you, it's also occurring within you, and that is what allows your atoms to bond with their antiparticle and transmute and transfigure so they can go through gates. So this is basic stargate structure as far as the, the Mente gates were structured on this structure and those kind of things. There's more to that. There's the Mercury part. All right, there's the two vortices, right? And this is when they come together to form a Merkaba field. Now, this is a Merkaba field that's just done with vortices. These get more specific where they have fins, where they're actually like three-sided pyramids that move through each other. But I just wanted to see the basic structure of when stargates activate these Merkaba fields, which are vortice fields, um, you know, activate within them and also within your body and around your atoms and in your atoms. This thing here is something that I would like to point out. This is called a Cathara grid light sound one, Kathara. It is literally the radiation template upon which everything in the eternal life systems are structured. It is the first creation template, and it has very, very specific proportions. Some people say, oh, it's a tree of life, but actually, if you look at it, it isn't. It's, it's actually the tree of eternal life. When you see something that is different than this, say uh, it has maybe 10 of these centers instead of 12, right? This has 12. Or maybe it's longer and skinnier, or it doesn't have the lines in the same way. Mm -hmm. What that is is a twisted radiation creation template. And it's passed off as a tree of life. Some of, in, in certain teachings, it's actually the tree of artificial life. It is goes with the what's called the Death Star Atlantean Merkaba mechanics, the Metatronic mechanics. This is the natural structure of what is called a Cathara grid. And in a minute, you see how important this is, because literally the structure of the cosmos of stargates, but all of those structures we saw a little bit of with the the circles, the spheres, right? Wherever you see a sphere, it implies there was, we call these the bones. You have the bones and the balls. The bones are the radiation template that is built on Cathara grid. And Cathara grid will always have these proportions. They're very specific proportions in relation to each other. And that is a living template. And with that template and the structures built upon it will be living. Our, our body structure, we have one that runs through our body that right now is very mutated because of the planet. And we'll see that, a little bit of that later. But we are moving to reactivate the natural imprint. So the Cathar grid I wanted you to see because it will help you understand the maps. If you're going to understand stargates and wonder where, okay, if I ascend, where am I going? Right? <laughs> Seriously. If you're going to leave, uh, where are you going? Do you even have a clue as to where, where the choices are? <laughs> They've shown us where these maps go. This is the beginning of understanding maps. I'll just show you this really quick, because this is showing this sheet that talks about, I'm not going to talk about all the proportions right now because it's heavy detail, but this sheet explains about how this actually controls how particles interact with each other and all sorts of things from angular rotation of particle spin of particles in universes and that kind of thing. So this is just showing the specific proportions that is very important. So when you see something using as a sacred geometry, this structure that is not built on those proportions, it is actually representative of one of the other teachings that is teaching distorted template mechanics that have to do with wormholes and black holes. Interesting. Yeah. And the more this came out, the more horrified I was. I really was. I was like, oh my God, please, you know, I don't want I don't want to have to talk about this. That's right. It was very hard. Now at this point I, I have to um, have a sense of humor about it. You know, whereas okay, so I am the pariah of the New Age movement, whatever. Somebody has got to to let people know about this. That's why I still do. Because it makes more sense than the other stuff that's being taught. 
And there's so much love in these teachings and in caring about people enough. Like, okay, so you might be mad at me because you liked that paradigm over there and I just kind of don't mean to be a whistleblower, but if you're hurting yourself with that murk about it, maybe you should not do that too. <laughs> anyway, go back on this. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> this is showing simply, remember that little cathargan structure, right? Well, here's one. Here's another. These cluster, all right? These are radiation templates that cluster to form very complex structures. This particular structure we call the stairway to heaven, all right? One of these cathargrid structures would hold uh, four densities, density levels of our um, local universe, all right? Let's say the Milky Way galaxy, but there's actually more to it than the Milky Way. So that would be like our local universe. It actually includes uh, Milky Way and Andromeda M31 galaxy, all right? And it's connected to another one. The one at um, this angle, 90 degrees to it, would be considered as parallel. It also has a light field that goes with it. So these are intricate structures that are formed from these templates. And where you see these structures, these are the bones again. You will have spheres of energy and spheres within spheres built upon them. So you, there, there are various levels. There is the, these are called the Vecca systems. And four Veccas come together and at the center an Eka system forms. And uh, the Eka systems form a cluster and they form uh, what's called an Akasha system. Then there's an Akasha A system and an Akasha A system and they all form this big cluster that's called the Yukatharista body. The Yukatharista body is one cosmic creation body. Now, our own personal anatomy has these levels to it. All right, They connect to those levels of the cosmos that we were born into. And full ascension is actually turning back on in our atomic structure all of the frequencies involved with all of those spaces. So we're down here in the Vecca worlds. The next thing is we have to move up into the Eka and then from the Eka. This is the long way to ascend, by the way. That's when the gates are working well. So the normal way for ascension would be you would work your way through re-evolution through the Vecca system up the densities. We, we're in density one here. We work up to density four. Then we go to the Eka level and you're growing and getting lighter and your matter's less dense and you're getting more control over it and you're getting more consciousness, you know, more God, God consciousness and that kind of thing. And then you would work to the Akasha level and then you would work to the Akasha A level and then the Akasha A level until you got up here. The, at any one of those points, you could experience the Christ star turnaround and it would take you to the next level, right? Then there's the quick way to ascend when it's an evac, when there's an evac situation and that's what we have, where... These are called um, harmonic gate systems. It implies that it's built on a system of dimensional harmonics, which means you have to take them in sequence harmonically one by one. It's the, low, the slow train. Right? There's something called the transharmonic continuum. It actually runs between them. It requires a very specialized type of Merkaba vehicle and um, uh, accelerations in the light body and spirit body anatomy to be able to do it but those uh, core gates which are also the Navejo gates they're also called the spanner gates they are able to do that they are transharmonic where they can actually jump the scale so you can jump from here to here or from here you know to there so you can move you have more liberty of where you can go in ascension when you ascend. You're able to actually, you become a time jumper, basically. Instead of just a straight, you know, ascension the hard way. You know, you go boing, 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 that kind of thing. So, that is the system we're working on because at this point, all of the natural structures of the outer gates have been damaged. The Amente gates are damaged. We are stuck down here. And the same thing is happening through the Milky Way. It's not just here. It's not just in our solar system. Our solar system is a mess, but the Milky Way is a mess too. That black hole at the center that's not an accident. 
that was done on purpose. That was done 360 billion years ago. We actually used to, Milky Way actually used to be a part of the uh, Andromeda galaxy. And it was literally forced into what is called fall. And now there's many light years between them. I've got at least a couple. I forget how many light years are between them. Two million light years, something like that. But they were once one. That is actually our home galaxy, the Andromeda M31. But right now we're in the Milky Way, which is a fallen random part of it. And there's still, it, it wasn't a full fall system until recently when certain changes occurred that mean the, uh, the quantum of energy going into the negative fall path is larger than the one pulling back the other way. And at that point, there is a, it is a galactic evac where they're pulling out the ones who can still go, you know, the consciousness that can still follow the ascension path is being evacuated out because the gates will close. Once they close and the system falls, that system won't immediately blow up or anything. It will have a finite lifespan. It no longer has the direct currents coming in, the, the inflow of currents coming in from the larger structure of space-time and, and source. So it becomes a finite system that feeds on itself until it eats up its own quantum and then it implodes and goes back to space dust. So we are at a crossroads, a huge crossroads right now. We are on a planet that is going in the, the fall direction, but this planet's actually going to take that path I mentioned, the step back path, but that requires losing its body and it's going to do that. Not while we're on it, but it, that is what we're headed for. But right now we have 200 years to before these gates close in the, uh, in the Milky Way galaxy, and that includes here. So this is why they're giving the advanced ascension teachings now. And uh, that's why crazy people like me come out and talk about them with the okay. vocabulary, um, because yeah. we could use a dictionary on this. No, I mean, you know, it's, I expect people, it's good if they go, what did she talk about there? I don't get it, or go investigate, you see. Right. I'm not, we're not here to answer all their questions, actually. Okay, well, I <laughs> don't know, mind. <laughs> investigation is, is getting involved. And if they get involved, they learn, and then it becomes part of them. Well, so when we okay. see the structures, when, when I'm showing things like the structures, these are structures that, uh, that are not known out here yet. They have words that describe them. You know, they have names sure. for that structure. That's a Hara body, or that's a Yukatharista body, mm -hmm. right? Or that's a Veka, and that's an Eka. These these are part of the actual uh, templates of of the layers of creation going all the way back up into expansion into God's source consciousness field. They are the literal bones of our space-time orientation. So they are time references. When I talk about a Veka system, that is down here, closer to where we are in a Veka system, right? When you get up to the next level of ascension, there is the Eka system, which is at the core of four Vekas. Then you get up from there and you have what's called uh, an Akasha system, which has a set of all the smaller ones inside of it, right? And then an Akasha A system, and then you go into the Akatharista system, which is really their words to describe things that make perfect sense you know, to the people who are describing them, the guardians, sure. their words in the ancient what's called Anahazi language, which was the first spoken language in this time matrix. So a lot of the language that is used, you know, that it's like, what is that? It, it, it's translations from those languages. Okay, does Anahazi relate to Anasazi? Actually, it does. Okay. The, the Anasazi were connected to the, to the guardians. Actually. So did they ascend? Is that why they disappeared? Some of them did. Others, they were actually raided, from what I heard. They were raided and um, overtaken by another group. And some of that other group became on Anasazis as well, where they became violent. And the original ones weren't like that. And yes, yeah, some of them were evacs locally, is what I heard. Okay. The Kabbalah is got to be, I mean, you know, I'm going to just say it here. Uh, 
it, to my understanding from what you're telling me is that Kabbalah is not the, uh, the positive ascension path. I would put this this way in relation to the Kabbalah or the Bible or the Koran or any of the texts that are out there. There are elements of truth, all of which came from the original teachings that were on this planet. There were 12 legions of the Christ, 12 bodies of teachings that went with the CDD plates. There are pieces of those that have wound up in the religions of today, and there are distortions in all of them as well, which means they all carry a mixed path. Okay. And the way to tell, it takes a while to develop the sensitivity, but there is something inside and visible of everything, be it a cup or a cosmos or um, a set of letters written on a page. There's something called an encryption. An encryption is a very specific radiation signature that is underlying it in the dark matter template. When you get to a certain point in DNA activations, which sensitize your inner senses in your body, you can know with direct cognition. You can read a sentence and know which part is taking you in which direction. So anything, like the Kabbalah, there are some beautiful things in the Kabbalah. And they also use a mutated uh, tree of life because they don't remember any different. And they were tricked. Just like there's a lot of great things in the Christian religion that are, you know, true to form and a lot that aren't. Mm -hmm. There's been trickery ever since the Atlantean periods here. Well, there was before too, but that was the you know, big showdown for trickery. And what we have now are the trickle-down ideas and piecemeal memory and piecemeal history of what could be salvaged from that time. There's a reason we don't remember. We'll get into that a little bit when we get into that stuff I talked about at the end that was important. But our stance isn't to make any of the other paths wrong. There's only one that we actually will stand against. If they're directly teaching Metatronic Death, Death Star Merkaba, we have to address that. We don't address the people who are teaching it. We feel bad for the people who get caught up in that. I feel bad for anybody who's contacted by, by Toth. Because, well, I, I've known Toth in other lives and I've known Toth in this life. And he's, you know, he once upon a time was a speaker. You know, an Emerald Covenant speaker. And he broke the Emerald Covenant, and he decided to go with the with the Anunnaki races and um, go into a fall path and stole the technologies. And part of what he did is why this planet is going in the path it is now. So it isn't the people that you know, we don't blame the teachers of those things or the, pe the people listening to channels and they don't know what the heck they're listening to. I mean, you know, right? You know, it's it's cute and it's fun and it's lovely. And, yeah, right. Check its resume. But how do you? You know, we're any of the religions, any of the New Age or the Old Age religions, there's good and there's not good in both of them. And it's almost like you need to feel out and feel what works right for you, but don't limit yourself to just saying, oh, well, it has to be the Jehovah God, or it has to be the Allah God, or it has to be the this God or that God. You can call God whatever you want, but you know, God doesn't really need you to call it anything. It is beyond gender qualification. We were created in the image of God, all of us. And that doesn't mean we are all male or all female. It means we are all living consciousness fields that have the potential of direct creation and eternal life. And that is what that line meant. So the Kabbalah is fine, certain parts, certain parts aren't. Same applies to every paradigm that is, you know, traditionally on the planet and a lot coming in from the New Age, except for the Death Star mechanics. They're very direct, you know, not sacred geometry. So does that answer okay. that question? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Good. Ready? Where are we? Back to this. 
Um, I just wanted to show this again quickly. This again is the diagrams we've used to show the structure of the spirit body with its flows and its core flows, and it's also the gate structures and all of that. It means that the cosmos has sets of spirit bodies. There's like lots of these embedded within each other, and we also have our spirit body. When I refer to our spirit body as part of our anatomy, it is structured in this same way. Okay? We'll see in the next one how that fits in with, remember the uh, stairway to heaven and the Yukatharista body? Right? Those structures are actually part of what's called the light body anatomy, be it on the cosmic level or the personal level. This is how they fit together. This is that Yukatharista thing with all those little interwoven cathartrids, right? And this is the basic structure of spheres within spheres from the spirit body, the cosmic spirit body, that all of those existed in. Every one of those little cathartrids would have a set of these, right? These become the spirit body... Um, the, the 12 spheres in the spirit body that remember go on sets across a vector line, right? And at a certain point, they actually pull in to the center, and that's how, at a certain point of expansion, you contract back into the center and go back into God's source. These are actually, this is how the the Adashi adepts, the ones who have achieved ascension, actually use these structures as maps. They, these are literal maps of how they judge. If you are here and you want to go to Cirrus B density 2, right? These are the maps they use to get there. They are the gate interface maps. We can locate ourselves on these maps. There's one that shows exactly where we are in the uh, Milky Way galaxy in the because we're partly we're actually M31 galaxy, but we're a part that's twisted off but still connected to it energetically. We can show our location and also show the locations where the black hole systems are that are interfacing here that are messing with us now and where the guardian the main guardian groups are coming from and where they're helping us. So these are literally maps. These maps then translate into, these are all probability fields. So you might have one, say, galaxy, and it's 12 different probable expressions. And they inter all of these are spinning, right? And they inter interface with each other all of the time. So they're like bubbles within bubbles that don't collide and collapse each other. Well, they're not supposed to. If they're doing the Death Star mechanics, they actually do. But there's a natural system of probabilities. So it's not just we have a, a parallel universe, right? We have many parallel systems and adjacent systems and neighboring systems. And so this is literally the structure of the maps of the cosmos. This is These are the structures you use. Once, say, you get to the point where you can ascend, well, you have to first of all decide where you want to go, and then um, where is the map to get there? These are the maps. So I wanted to show you how those structures that are on a small level, our own, our, our own multidimensional anatomy is structured that way. But on the large level, this is the structure of the maps of the cosmos. There is a structure that science does not know about yet. They have no idea how complex it is. Each one of these structures, they've taken it from the first, though they call it a particle unit, the first unit of consciousness, how that structure grew each stage, right? So we have like hundreds of diagrams that go with these to show how the cathar grids all filled out, to show how these structures of the spirit body and all their flows filled out. Inside of the spirit body flows, which isn't on this one, they'll actually find where what is called the Hall of Records exists, what it is, the Akashic Record, all of that thing. It's part of this anatomy structure. The planet has one, the solar system has one, the galaxy has one, etc. So these are not just interesting little diagrams on a paper. These are very practical. They're just as practical as a map you'd buy down at the gas station to get you know, somewhere horizontally. Okay, and isn't it true that we also have 12 incarnational bodies that are incarnated simultaneously that mirror the same pattern there. Um, 1728.
Okay. Simultaneous. Your existence implies the 1,727 others. Okay. But are you... <laughs> okay, there, there, are, there is something to do with the 12. Yes, there's sets of 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you have your first 12, then they have... Well, it, it basically it has to do with the density levels. We're in density 1 down here. Density 2, you ha and you have your incarnate identity here. You would have a set of 12 incarnates. And if you put those 12 back up to density 2, you would have one soul. Right? That is your soul, your density 2 level of identity. Now, that one soul would be a group of, yeah, 11 others. It's part of a set of 12. Sure. And you pull all those together, come up to density 3, and that's where you are an oversoul. Mm -hmm. And that oversoul is a part of a group of 12 oversouls that you pull it up to density 4 is an avatar. And then you have four, a group of 12 avatars, pull it up to density 5, and then you would have your Rishi identity, which is your fully formed Vekka level identity to come into the densities down here. But there's other levels of identity that are even, that go up beyond the 15 dimensional system. Those five densities that I just talked about each have three dimensions so there's your 15 dimensional stack right there in one time system so does that help yes yes in great. 12s 12s yes. many 12s <laughs> yep this is just a real quick glimpse to show that these time cycles that we've talked about in relation to these structures they are quite specific these were given as far as time frames one time vector here on, the, on this planet and and they're using translations into earth time as we know earth time one time vector is uh, 738 years one time continuum is uh, 4,426 years one uego is 26,556 years the uego time cycle is a stargate cycle that is when the stargates on the planet open once every that period right right now it's distorted into what are called the false yuga cycles and we'll show you what that is at the end but these go all the way up there's galactic levels there's universal levels and these are the the structure of time and and how it works and that yes you can take it right into you know periods of time it is because we are in a stellar activation cycle right now and the last one was 26,556 years ago and it failed the gates did not open they had to be shut closed because we got raided um that was called the yanni massacre period where it was there, there was a lot of uh ships mowing people down actually in that one okay beam, beam ships and and was this we're not talking about atlantis here we're talking prior uh, there were several phases of Atlantis. Okay. All right. The last phase of it, um, well, the last pieces of it, went went under in 9558 BC. But way before that, there was Atlantis. There was in seeding one, there was an Atlantis. In seeding two, there was an Atlantis. And on Terra, there was an Atlantis. That's where it all came from. And a, and a Lumeria. We had Lumeria, Lumania. Um, there were different spellings of the names, but they were the same places and the same soul groups inhabiting. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So this was like um, the, the, the 9558 BC period, you know, the last period. That was like the late Atlantean period. Okay. So, Thank you.